0: G'day, and welcome to another edition of Stick Together, bringing you union news, workers' stories, and discussion on social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast right around the nation on the Community Radio Network. I'm Matt Kunkel. This week on the show, we take a look at the ongoing dispute at Streets Ice Cream. In just another example of aggressive employer tactics, the ice cream giant is trying to cut hard won wages and conditions by terminating the enterprise agreement. Their factory in Minto makes some of Australia's favourite ice creams, but the parent company Unilever is not satisfied with its profits. If it succeeds, the workers will face a cut of 46%. We'll speak with AMW New South Wales Secretary Steve Murphy and get more detail. But first, some union news. President of the Australian Council of Trade Unions Jed Carney has announced her intention to seek Labor Party pre-selection for the Victorian state electorate of Brunswick. If elected at Victoria's next state election in November next year, Jed Carney will become the second ACTU leader to represent the people of Brunswick with former ACTU Secretary and Prime Minister Bob Hawke serving the federal electorate that covers the area. The seat encompasses parts of Melbourne's progressive inner north and is a two-way battle between the Greens and Labor. The current MP, Jane Garrett, has announced that she will not recontest the marginal seat of the election and will instead seek pre-selection to the state's upper house. Ms Garrett's move is not assured and she will face stiff opposition from the Victorian Secretary of the Australian Services Union Private Sector Branch, Ingrid Stitt, who has also sought pre-selection for the same vacancy. Ms Carney will remain as President of the ACTU until at least June next year. Who will replace her is yet to be determined, but several senior women union leaders have been named as possible successors. United Voice and the SDA appeared in front of the federal court last week in the first step of their judicial appeal to the recent cuts to weekend and nighttime penalty rates in the hospitality, retail and pharmacy sectors. A panel of five judges will review the Fair Work Commission's decision in a process known as judicial review. United Voice and the SDA have brought on separate appeals, but they will be heard concurrently by the same panel of judges. Jointly taken, the SDA and United Voices case seeks to knock out the Commission's decision on the grounds that it acted outside its jurisdiction in making these cuts, and failing that argument that the Commission exercised its powers unreasonably. In opening arguments, Herman Borenstein QC, acting for United Voice, submitted that in coming to their decision, the Fair Work Commission did not take into account the relative living standards of the low paid. The union argues that by cutting rates despite finding that such cuts would inevitably cause some hardship to the employees affected, the Commission has ignored A cornerstone of Australia's wage setting system. Meanwhile, the restaurant and catering industry is attempting to have another bite of the cherry after the commission had earlier ruled that penalty rate cuts should not be made to the restaurant award this year. The employers union, the Restaurant and Catering Association, has said that a new application to cut penalty rates for restaurant workers would be heard by a full bench of the commission from the 24th of November this year. The federal court is expected to hand down its decision in the appeal before the end of the year. CFMU mining members at an open-cut coal mine in Bogabry in regional New South Wales have been ordered not to commence industrial action after the mine owners were allowed to intervene in a case. This setback comes despite the fact that the members are not employed by the mine owner and are instead employed by a contractor, Downer EDI. The mine owner, Itametsu Australia, has recently made a decision to remove Downer as a contractor and replace them with another provider. The CFMEU was seeking a new agreement with Downer, primarily focusing on end of employment conditions like redundancy and redeployment. Itametsu Australia argued that the CFMEU's action would damage the mine's finances and limit coal extraction. Which one would think is a natural outcome of any work stoppage in a coal mine. But the mine owners said that it, as the principal contractor, was to target and not the employer effectively claiming that the CFMEU's action was a form of secondary boycott. The CFMEU has claimed that this is just another example of how the rules are broken. The more than 300 workers out at Boggabri can now take no action despite jumping through all the required legal hoops. The ban on taking industrial action lasts until a further hearing on the 23rd of October, which the CFMEU says will make it too late for a new agreement to be struck before Downer is removed as the contractor. The orders completely undermine the workers' ability to secure a new agreement to ease the transition between contractors, If the case proceeds to be determined and the mine owners are successful, it could send further shockwaves through the industrial system, opening up another loophole for employers who contract out services. The Australian union movement has continued its heavy involvement in the YES campaign for the postal survey on marriage equality. Tens of thousands of supporters again turned out around the country last week at rallies and other public actions. Unions like the Australian Education Union, the Community and Public Sector Union, and the Health and Community Services Union have all been heavily involved making calls to their members urging them to return a yes vote. The Australian Bureau of Statistics has indicated that all postal surveys should now have arrived at the mailing addresses of all eligible voters. If you haven't received your survey, you can request a new one by logging on to marriagesurvey.abs.gov.au. People with an illness, injury or disability that would make returning a postal survey difficult can request a secure access code up until 6pm on the 20th of October 2017. This access code will allow them to respond to the survey online or by phone. Everybody has until the 27th of October to return your survey form. If you'd like to get more involved in the Yes campaign, you can find out more information at www.yes.org.au. Union members at the Bureau of Meteorology have again taken industrial action as their three-year campaign for a new enterprise agreement continues. Members have launched another round of rolling strikes following similar actions in July this year. The industrial action also includes a ban on responding to media inquiries, save for those relating to severe weather events. The workers at the Bureau are some of the last holdouts in what has been a long and vicious campaign by the federal public service bosses to suppress wages and cut conditions across the public sector. The unions indicated that some progress has been made, with a range of proposed cuts being removed from the government's log of claims. Yet the union claims that significant difference still remains between the parties, with a number of issues yet to be resolved, including cuts targeting frontline staff and those working in remote areas. The rolling strikes are set to continue until October 12. Canadian unions are using the renegotiation of the North American Free Trade Agreement, commonly known as NAFTA, to push for stronger labour protections across Canada, the US and Mexico. Canadian unions claim that poor labour standards and a minimum wage of 65 cents an hour in Mexico is creating an unfair trade advantage. Canada's auto industry has been particularly affected, with the nation losing almost 10 plants in recent times. Canada's auto industry has been particularly affected, with the nation losing about 10 plants in recent times as employers are shifting their production to low-wage economies in Mexico and the south of the U.S. The Canadian unions are also using the negotiations to fight against the anti-union laws in the U.S., commonly known as right-to-work. In states where right-to-work laws have been passed, union protections and membership requirements are removed creating a more difficult organising environment for American unions. In the 28 states where right to work laws have been passed, wages and union membership are lower. The Canadian proposal does not suggest a specific figure for a minimum wage, it instead focuses more generally on the principles of improved working conditions, fair compensation, gender equality and the right to collective bargaining. The US has tabled its proposed language regarding labour provisions, but has been widely criticised by trade unions. While some said it did not go far enough to protect collective bargaining and other labour protections, other unions have said that the language is largely a mirror of that put forward in the unpopular Trans-Pacific Partnership. The Trans-Pacific Partnership was widely criticised by unions across the Pacific Rim for its regressive and anti-union measures seeking to repress labour standards across the Pacific area.
1: You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories
2: and union news.
0: broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Streets Ice Cream is a brand that most Australians would recognise. Their factory in Minto on the southwest outskirts of Sydney employs around 150 workers who make some of the most iconic icy treats. In addition to the big tubs that would be in many freezers around the country, they also make ice creams like Magnum, Gaytime and Paddle Pops. But after negotiations for a new enterprise agreement broke down earlier this year, Streets and its parent company, Unilever, instead of sitting back down with workers to finalise agreement, are seeking to go nuclear and terminate the agreement, sending the workers back to the minimum paying conditions in the award. The public backlash was swift and seemed to have taken Unilever and Streets by surprise, prompting them to seek to gag their employees from speaking out for their rights. The workers are members of the New South Wales branch of the Australian Manufacturing Workers' Union. We spoke with their State Secretary, Steve Murphy. So, Steve, the dispute at Streets Ice Cream has been running for some time now. Can you give us a little bit of background on how it all started?
2: So we've got 140-odd members that work at Streets Ice Cream, a range of different classifications. So there's people there that make the ice cream, there's people there that kind of man the warehouse, um, and there's workers there that uh, perform maintenance um, tasks around the place. We sat down with a company, and this is not our first agreement with the but generally we have a, a fairly workable relationship with the company at a high level, and we resolved the enterprise agreements uh, pretty am- amicably um, time after time. This time around, we decided to get involved in the Fair Work Commission's new directions process. Um, the meetings are chaired by the Fair Work Commissioner, and it's based on trying to develop a, a stronger and more respectful working relationship at the workplace um, and then from there you launch into kind of negotiations that are more focused on uh, the long-term interest of the site rather than uh, short-term gains from either party and yet you work through a range of issues to reach um, what is a kind of um, agreement that's somewhere in the middle of uh, those two um, situations. And with the pressure that's on food manufacturing in Australia we wanted to uh, see what this could do to you know, benefit our members in terms of wages and conditions, and also secure the long-term position of the site.
0: And that process broke down.
2: Well, we negotiated for 15 months because you're at the behest of the commission, so it's their availability that determines how often you meet and how long the meetings go for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, negotiation went for about 15 months. Uh, where we got to at the end of it was we got a package on the table, which was the best we could get um, given all the circumstances. The parties acknowledged that that was the best we we're going to get around the table, and we took that back to our members for their consideration, um, and ultimately that went to a vote where our members rejected 132 to nine.
0: Right, so pretty pretty strong emotions there. Um, what happened next?
2: Uh, well, in the lead up to the vote, there was a, quite a bit of agitation going on from com- some of the uh, lower level managers um, that were kind of misconstruing what some of the new provisions in the agreement would be, particularly around uh, flexible permanent part-time. Uh, workers were kind of scared that that this provision would effectively allow for the, the workforce to transition from having permanent workers into being um, essentially uh, casualised or part-time, and that was fed by a couple of the managers out there uh, for whatever reason, and, and workers voted the whole agreement down on, on the basis of that and a number of other just smaller concerns. Uh, in the lead-up to the vote, um, our delegates approached the company and said, can we tidy up a few of these clauses because the wording is just not right? and they were told that uh, there'd be no further negotiations it was a package deal and uh, all that they got. So where it landed was, our members voted no to the package um, and then approached the company to see whether or not we could tidy up the wording and put it out again. Uh, And since then, the company has refused to meet with the union. They've refused to allow our delegates to participate in any discussions about the agreement. uh, And they've refused to allow our delegates to attend the Fair Work Commission when we've been dealing with um, the process around this termination.
0: So the company and the union have come to an agreement or they've come to a package but it's been put by the company on a take it or leave it basis and the members have said well we'll leave it thanks but we're close or so we'll just need to tweak these these few things but streets just sort of walked away. Is that is that right?
2: Essentially that's a summary of it. we got kind of five key areas where we just needed to tidy up some wording around the operation of a particular clause or to close a concern that workers had uh, and streets have um, refused to even respond to those concerns to date.
0: So now you're in a situation where the agreement's been voted down. The company's saying that there's no more tweaks to be made or there's no more negotiation to be had. How did it, how did it come that Streets took that nuclear option to try and
2: terminate the agreement? Well, it was quite a surprise to us and to our members at the site. Um, they announced at a commission hearing that they were intending to follow this all the way through. Uh, Initially, we got notification, not by a phone call, not by a meeting, but by an email in my inbox uh, with an uh, attachment that just set out that they'd made an application to terminate the agreement. As I said, we met with them later to kind of talk about the five issues that were between us to say, look, um, you've kind of gone a little bit overboard. understand, you know, some people have got a short fuse. We can actually get around the table and uh, resolve these. They're not big issues. They're not going to cost you any more money would sort through it, Um, they declined and said, we intend to follow through with the termination of the agreement.
0: So in those circumstances where you've got an employer that's refusing to bargain with you and seeking to terminate the agreement, what's left for the workers to do?
2: Well, the only thing left for workers to do is to to fight back. Um, You've got an employer now that has essentially walked away from any sensible conversation with their workers um, and now refusing to listen to the concerns that workers are legitimately raising around an agreement that belongs to them at the end of the day. It's their working conditions um, that they're gonna be working under for the next three years. Um, so the only opportunity that workers have is between now and the termination of the agreement to take the company on in some respects uh, and get them back around the table. Um, the choice that kind of exists at the moment in the lead up to summer is that where they're getting warmer, people are gonna be eating more ice creams Um, people are going to be choosing which brand of ice cream they're going to be eating. Street workers are choosing between whether or not they uh, are going to live in poverty or if they find another job.
0: And the stakes are pretty high here, aren't they? I mean, we've heard a couple of um, different numbers, but what does the termination mean for the workers' pay and conditions out there, if it was to go through?
2: Well, um, that's the unknown question. Um, the, The company's given some undertakings that only last for around five months. Around what they would preserve, but ultimately, for workers at the site, um, they've got to either agree to the offer that the company tables, whatever that might look like in the future, or they are staring down the barrel at losing all of their conditions that they've fought for over 20 odd years and um, they get a 46% pay cut.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean that's huge, isn't it? I mean we're hearing some big numbers on these termination cases—forty percent, forty-six percent. I mean the guys in Collie lost a lot of money as well. But effectively, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is Streets is now saying we are going to go and terminate this agreement, and we will then dictate to you what conditions we're happy for you to keep. And that's really not bargaining, is it? Well,
2: it's not what bargaining is about at all. Um, bargaining bargaining is about. Sitting around the table and if you want to change something you've got to make the case and at the end of the day if something changes it's because both parties agreed. Mm. Um, this option that's now been kind of served up to uh, greedy employers basically says that you know if you're not happy with the way that traditional bargaining works what you can do is um, terminate the agreement, set everything to zero, take away um, effectively the bargaining power of workers uh, and starve them for a period of time to get them to agree to um, some second-rate deal. Um, And that's certainly not bargaining, it's certainly not fair, uh, and it's un-Australian.
0: Other than wages, what kind of conditions are the workers facing the loss of?
2: Well, we've got a whole host of conditions in our agreement that we've worked on for a long period of time um, that do provide a level of flexibility to the company, but they provide a level of security for workers, and that's around um, the uh, existing shift patterns and arrangements that, uh, exist on the site. Um, they're, going, they're looking down the barrel of losing um, their hours of work and the way that their hours of work are arranged, and that affects people's family lives uh, a lot. A serious one is that we have in the agreement safe manning levels that take into account the dangers and risks on the site um, and have been signed off by a professional ergonomist or they're going to terminate that clause uh, and force workers to work below those safe minimum working uh, levels the security of employment provisions for permanent workers um, the types of employment that exist on the site we use seasonals during the seasonal peak and there can only be a certain number of seasonals compared to the uh, number of permanents Or they're going to um, terminate that clause um, so there's not going to be no security employment for permanent workers out there and the sky's the limit to how the company uh, how many casuals or contractors the company could employ the hours of work and our overtime arrangements our meal breaks, our fatigue management clauses, uh, and the safe and fair shift arrangements. For it's a real
0: slash and time. burn, isn't it? It's um, yeah. you know a complete reset after twenty years of struggle. Um, you're listening to Stick Together right around the country on the community radio network, and with me on the phone is Steve Murphy, the AMW New South Wales secretary. So, Steve, one of the big things that's come out recently is that. Unilever, the parent company of streets, has been putting out a social media ban and trying to dictate what workers can and can't do on the internet. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Yeah, this one came, in, again, as another surprise to us, um, is that uh, we had a, a mass meeting of our members at the site just to give them an update on where we were at um, with the uh, recent commission hearing we had. And I was asked a question about whether or not workers could share uh, the content that's on the AMW Facebook page. Um, and I spoke to them about, you know, they've got to conduct themselves in a reasonable way and, you know, don't make any uh, derogatory comments. Nothing that, you know, kind of puts um, self in a position where the company could argue but argue with you. But um, if you want to share it, if you want to like it, if you want to put a frowny face, go for it. Uh, one of the workers said to me, well, they've just put a, a new policy out that says that we are not allowed to do those kind of things. Um, I said to I said to the workers, can you send me a copy of it? And I was quite surprised to read exactly what the put, company had put up on the board, basically saying that any of these workers, uh, if they're on any form of social media or even if they're talking to their family and friends, if they talk about what the company is doing in a negative way, if they share any content, if they like any content, if they put an angry face or a frowny face on any of the content then they would be in breach of the company's policy and there'd be disciplinary consequences. And we all know what that means. Mm. If you speak out about what we are doing and the way that your paying conditions are going to be affected, we will sack you.
0: But that's crazy, isn't it, Steve? I mean, the the kind of detail that was on that memo was you can't put an angry emoji on a post. Even even a a frowny face, like you said. I mean, that's a level of detail that shows a great deal of pre-calculation, isn't it?
2: I dare say that uh, Unilever has saw the level of public support that is behind workers who are being trodden down by the employers. We've seen it at CUB, we see it at S O. What Unilever is doing is trying to slash and cut the pain conditions of these workers um, in a very aggressive manner that, they, that these workers did not expect, nor did they kind of provoke. Uh, what Unilever has turned around and, and done is said that, you know, we know that this is going to have public support, so what we will do is we'll gag out workers from speaking out. So the only choice that workers there have now is, do I speak out um, about this? Uh, no, I cannot. The choice that I've got is, I've either got poverty or I'm going to get terminated.
0: Unilever and Streets Ice Cream, they make a lot of popular brands there. I mean, what's what's actually driving this decision to slash and, and burn the conditions and wages out there? Like, is it just pure greed?
2: It appears it is. as if it is pure greed. We made a number of changes in the last agreement that delivered significant cuts to the price per tonne of ice cream at the site. Now, if the things that we did last time um, don't meet that, it's due to the fact that they're not able to plan and manage that site effectively, and they need to look at their management team uh, around those issues. But we made the necessary changes that were requested of us last time around to deliver the outcomes that union needed to secure that site for 20 years. The site is making profit, the site is performing well. Workers are well-trained and they show up to work every day and they work hard to make ice creams that everybody loves. This is about the greed of Unilever, uh, and them overreacting to a situation that they could easily fix if they sat down with their workers and listened for a moment and understood the concerns and did a deal.
0: And it must, it must be a very difficult time for the workers out there. How are they holding up?
2: Well, I sent out a text message to all of our members um, and just said, What are you most worried about? And when you get those responses, I got 72 responses uh, within half an hour that talked about what the human impact of the current industrial relationship system is going to do to them and their families. And it's pretty heartbreaking. It's amazing that employers can get away with this in Australia in 2017. The human impact of this is that workers out there and their families are laying awake at night, wondering whether or not they're gonna be able to afford to pay their rent or their mortgage when they lose half their pay. They're wondering whether or not they're going to be able to educate their kids or look after their kids that have got special needs to make them a functioning member of society. And even um, worrying about whether or not their family will be able to stick together if this is going to happen to them.
0: What's next, Steve? So, I mean, the application's on foot. At some point it will be heard and decided. How long away, or how far away is that?
2: There's hearings. Uh, the 29th, 1st, the 4th, and the 7th of December. It's likely that uh, there's going to be an outcome either just before or just after Christmas. Christmas for these workers. We just hope it's a uh, positive thing for these workers in the lead up to Christmas, so they can celebrate Christmas with their families um, in a happy moment, not not a sad one.
0: It's a terrible, it's a terrible burden to take into the holiday period, isn't it? Where you know, do you have a job that will pay your rent, pay your mortgage, or you know, do we cut back on Christmas presents for the kids? I mean, it's a shocking thing for what you've described as very very little reason.
2: Very little reason at all. We are calling on other workers around the country to be the voice for street workers to make sure that this employer rethinks its decision, that it's not in commercially in their best interest to destroy the working lives of these people. Uh, so we are seeking their support when they're making a decision about what type of ice cream they're going to buy when they're at the supermarket or walking down to the local servo or at the beach. Uh, The only way that these employees are going to get the message so that they don't do it to the next group of workers uh, is if other workers stand up on their behalf and say, no more, we do not accept this.
0: And Steve, is there somewhere that people can go to find out more about this dispute?
2: Uh, Yeah, we've got information on our uh, Facebook page. We we post pretty regular updates on there. Uh, There's a little bit of information on our web page. Um, but we'd urge people to visit the Streets Ice Cream or the Magnum page and, and show your support to Streets workers.
0: Steve Murphy, thanks very much for joining us on Stick Together. Thanks, Matt. As you heard when we were speaking to Steve, the AMWU sent a text message out to its members at the Streets factory asking them what it thought about the company's actions to terminate their agreement. Those workers are banned from talking to us, but here, read by voice actors, are their messages back to the union. I'll lose my entitlements that I've negotiated over 19 years.
1: How am I going to feed my family, pay my home loan that was granted based on my current wage, pay my bills, clothe my children? I will lose my family home.
0: Simply put, they are trying to destroy our lives. We have families to support, mortgages and bills to pay, which by terminating our EBA and cutting our pay, we won't be able to do.
1: What we have earned over the years is about to be ripped away because the company wants more for less. Our loyalty and hard work is worth nothing to the bosses, obviously.
2: Employees have given
0: everything to this company. The majority of workers have been here over 10 years and to have our benefits taken away is a disgrace when we have worked so hard for this. People have families and mortgages to pay. This also affects us outside of work.
1: If my pay drops, I'm worried. I won't be able to pay for living expenses plus treatment my kid needs as they have autism and need lots of therapy. It's hard enough as it is now. And if conditions change, I may have to lose my job. It's taken 20 years to get where we are now with the EBA. To lose all these conditions in a blink of an eye is heartbreaking. Me as a worker, I'm flexible with the company and it's helped out in lots of ways to get this shoved in my face for all the hard work is devastating.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for on the show this week. Thanks to Steve Murphy for joining us. If you'd like to get more information about the dispute at Streets Ice Cream, you can visit www.amwu.org.au forward slash streets. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast right around the country on the community radio network. If you'd like to contact the producers of the show, you can send us an email to sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or call us on 03-9419-8377. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Stick Together Program. The podcast of this week's show and other recent episodes can be found online. Just visit www.3cr.org.au forward slash stick together. You can also find us by searching for Stick Together Program on iTunes. Our program is only made possible by listeners like you, so do your bit to keep workers' stories on the air. Call your local community radio station and subscribe today. Finally, remember, no matter where you are or what you do, there is a union for you. I've been Matt Kunkel. Until next time, stick together.